Helsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Vehicle Assurance. Hey, good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got John Perlis with me. Perley, good morning. What's going on? Good morning, Jay. Just uh, ready to get rolling. Looking forward to the show. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, we formatted the show like around the golf. This first segment is called the On the Range segment, and it's brought to you by Vehicle Assurance. Um, 866-341-9255. Call Vehicle Assurance for a free quote if you need any sort of coverage on your car. They have it for you. The first... Um, our social media, sorry, our first, our social media outlets, Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf Hospitality. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing and Instagram is our mystery. Uh, it's our mystery. It's a deep mystery on this show, isn't it, John? You you kind of handle it. You kind of handle Instagram. Yeah, you always get, yeah, that's right. Throw me under the bus. That's fine. You don't know what it is either. I don't know what it is. Let's move on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue uh, at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. Uh, they're, first of all, terrific people. Second of all, busy, busy folks right now working on the inside of the homes and the outside of the homes. If you need anything, call them at 314-805-2132. All right, Pearl. We have a definite first on on a Golf with Jay Delsing show this week. This is something that I figured might never happen. But you're probably thinking every show's a first because we're just random and we don't know what the hell we're doing over here. But I actually have on our guest, as our guest this week, Ryan Dempster, who spent the majority of his career with the Chicago Cubs as a pitcher. Well, I can't believe that you have done this. You know I'm a Cubby fan. You know I'm not a very good fan at all, but I'm definitely a Cubby fan, having been born and raised in Chicago. And I'm so proud of you for uh, for, for your, the growth you're showing to have uh, a Cubby on your show. Man, I, I don't know what I think about that. What do you? That just still doesn't feel I'm right, does it? Torn. Yeah, it feels dirty. I know. I like dirty. I need to wash my hands. You know, I got to say, great guy, Ryan Dempster. Great guy. We. We had a lot of fun um, with the interview. Um, Pearl, we got to backtrack just a little bit uh, before we pull, before the next um, LPGA event on because, oh, man, a couple weeks back at the um, Diamond, uh, Tournament, Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions down in Orlando, the U.S. women put on a display. They played some phenomenal golf, especially the Corda sisters. So we got Jessica Corda won the tournament. Danielle King, another American, finished second. Nellie Corda, the younger sister of Jessica, finished third. And uh, rounding out the top ten with Angela uh, Stanford, Cheyenne Knight, Lexi Thompson, and Brittany Linscombe. And, you know, it's been a while, John, since we looked up on that LPGA leaderboard and, and have seen the red, white, and blue littering that top ten. Well, I'll tell you, I watched a fair amount of the event, and – that obviously stood out that the American ladies were, were kind of occupying so much of the top spots. But, Jay, the quality of play was awesome. I don't know. I guess most of the part that I watched was the Quarter Sisters and then Danielle King. But they hit so many good shots. Danielle King's swing is like rock solid. Oh, it, was just, it was just really, really cool. And just even the way they handled themselves, 
it seems a step up. I watch a fair amount of ladies golf. They just seem to be stepping their games up, their approach, their attitudes, everything. Just it was impressive. Yeah, you know, I've been a little lax with trying to get the LP with being able to get the LPGA players on the show, but I've reached out to the Cordas, I've reached out to Lexi Thompson. Um, you know, we had Julie Inkster on, and so I wanted to get some of these uh, women on the show and and uh, and talk to them because I really feel like John that the average fan can learn way more watching the the ladies play than watching the men. Oh, they can relate more to it. Absolutely. Uh, club head speed, but but uh, just the general approach and some of the things. Uh, the golf courses they're playing. I don't know. I, I was I was really impressed. That Danielle King, uh, just, you know, I've, I've paid attention. I know she's solid. I know she's been good for a while, but uh, took the next level. And, and same with the uh, the twins, the, the, the quarter uh, girls. They were uh, they were nailing it too. It's it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they 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 really did a, a great job. How about let's go across the pond to the European Tour and talk about Terrell Hatton. He closes with a 66 in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> he finishes five clear of third round leader Roy McIlroy, who let's face it, that's a really disappointing finish again for Rory over there. Um, and that is his third. That is um, Hatton's third win, John, in the last 12 months. Moves him in the top. He's fifth in the world golf rankings. And remember, he got his first PGA Tour win last March, right before COVID, in the Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational. He's solid. He's a heck of a player. And I have to acknowledge, which I didn't think I'd be able to say, I'm starting to warm up to the guy. I mean, he's such a – his attitude so funky out there. You know he's working at it. He half laughs about it. It's kind of like – our old buddy Steve Pate, where you know, super good guy, Collins could be off the golf course, and just something about golf turns a screw in that melon and makes him go kind of crazy. But uh, I'm warming up to Trailhead, and certainly I respect uh, his ability to play. The guy is the guy's a stud. Oh, yeah. So, John, and it's hard not to watch that great play and think about what's coming up this September. Not the Ascension Charity Classic, because that is coming up September 6th through 12th here in St. Louis at Norwood Hills. But later that month, the Ryder Cup up at Whistling Straits. September's a huge month. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I mean, think about what we have to look forward to. March, we've got the Players' Championship. April, we've got the Masters. May, we've got the PGA Championship. June, we got the U.S. Open. And July, we've got the Open Championship. So we got a lot of fun stuff on the on the uh, docket to, to look out for this year. It's going to be a huge, uh, another huge year for golf. I mean, we got a lot of people playing the game, that many more people interested in the game because of all the COVID craziness. And uh, people are plugged in. Uh, this this next summer and fall is going to be real special for the game, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Pearl. I want to give. Last week we gave a putting lesson in the bathroom on the tile, talking about yep. trying to use the right angles. I want to do a little chipping lesson for the folks today. Same, <laughs> your your spouse is going to you know shake his or her head again, but get yourself a, a pitching wedge or a middle wedge, and get. Um, that ball in the middle of your stance and get it on that line. And I want a really similar motion to that uh, putting stroke with just a little uh, pitching wedge or a middle wedge. And I want back and through, slight face rotation, and just match the backswing with the through swing, Pearl. And a pitch, a chip, is going to use going to be used, John. Let's say 
three yards off off the green and in. What do you think about that? I think it's awesome. Talk a little bit about the the squaring the blade to that crease in in your tile. Exactly. So many people, so many people get out there when they pitch and chip, and with the bunker and just fan that blade wide open at a dress. And you and I have talked a lot about that through the years. That's really not the way to go with it. No, it's not. And that, that's why I wanted them on the tile, Pearl, because I want yep. the leading edge. So, folks, when you, men and women, when you look down at your, whatever you have, your pitching wedge, uh, whatever iron you're holding, I want that leading edge that sits right where the ball is. To, I want it to be uh, parallel to some line on your tile. And then, folks, what I want you to use, that line that goes through the middle of your club, use that to kind of help guide your backswing a little bit. Your face is going to rotate ever so slightly, and it's going to go a little bit on the inside of that line, Pearl, that perpendicular line. Just like the putter. I agree, Jay. Yeah, so, folks, and here's the big key. Just let the ball get in the way. Don't hit at it. Let the let the let the club head on its backswing come up in the air a little bit off that tile, just a little bit more than your putting stroke would, and then it's going to have a little downward motion. It's going to clip that ball, and then it's going to finish low and a little bit to the left on your on your follow through. That's going to help. That is a really really simple motion. It's very similar to your putting stroke, and that can help save you so many shots on the golf course. Well, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment, but don't go anywhere. We've got an interview with Ryan Dempster. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Peter Jacobson, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Wilson Pools Plus has been beautifying homes in the metro St. Louis area for over 30 years. They're a family-owned, full-service pool company. Whether you want to add a pool, landscaping, patios, or just have them service your existing pools, Wilson Pools Plus can handle any job. You can reach them at 314 421-1301, or if you're calling from the east side, 618-632-2386. You can also check them out on the web at wilsonpoolsplus.com. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In Springfield, contact John Shepard at Appliance World. The phone number is 217-544-8180. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I want to welcome Vehicle Assurance to the Golf with Jay Delsing Show. Vehicle Assurance has been in business for over 10 years. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection plan. If you have a car, they have the correct coverage for you. Find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. 
Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. We got Brad Barnes Meat. He's taking good care of us here at the ESPN studios. And we are on to the front nine brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Man, September 6th through 12th, Norwood Hills. Man, get your tickets. Getting that pro am. The uh, sold out of Cabanas, oh gosh, about two weeks ago. Uh, the city is uh, great stewards and great citizens in supporting this event. I can't wait, man. It's going to be probably, I'm going to say, I'm going to just go out on the limb now, Pearl, and say it's going to be the best field on the Champions Tour all year. It's such a good golf course. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it really is. All right, so I got to sit down with a, this guy had a 17-year big league career for five different teams, two-time All-Star, World Series champ. He pitched for the Cubs a little bit, a little bit meat. Yeah, he did. That's a little growly, but what a great guy. What a great guy. So let's go check out what Ryan Debster had to say. Two and two. Going to go the fastball away. Not the location he wanted, but it worked out as Fielder swung and missed. Seven Ks for Dempster. Ryan Dempster is brought to you by Golden Tee. For me to be able to talk baseball with someone like you and – Gosh, I got to tell you, though, I had all that hesitation at the opening because I'm like, I'm really going through with this guy that pitched for the Cubs for so long, was an all-star in 08, and, you know, came in and shut us down plenty of times, and now we're going to talk like we're friends, man. I got to get over that in a hurry. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. Um, a couple years ago, uh, Chris Bryan and I got in a little trouble. Chris made a comment about Saint, the city of St. Louis, and he said something, but the reality is, we were joking, and St. Louis is one of the best places to go to a ball game. As a visiting player, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved going there. The respect you got from the Cardinal fans, um, they appreciated the game of baseball. They're probably some of the most knowledgeable fans there are out there. And, uh, and I just – I always enjoy my time there. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm honored that you're having a Cub on a former Cub on as uh, somebody who loves the St. Louis Cardinals so much because um, I can appreciate the pain that you're going through right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, Ryan, a 17-year career in a big lease. Man, first of all, congratulations on that. Two-time All-Star and also World Series champion. I mean, what a what a career you had. I, I was just checking out some of your – I love baseball reference. It's got just a, a bunch of stats. But I saw you, you've thrown almost 2,900 innings. How's that right shoulder and arm feeling these days? <laughs> yeah, good. You know what? It's crazy. You're right. Like it's a lot of innings. Um, you know, you know, it's uh, it was a it was a chance. You know, even especially I got the three year break where I, you know, actually four year break coming back from Tommy John and then closing for three years. So I got to save a little bit of bullets. But uh, after I got done playing, uh, I was about six months out of playing. It was the middle of the summer. I got asked to throw a first pitch at uh, at Kane County Cougars game and down in St. Charles. And my son and I, and my son threw a great, perfect strike to home plate, and I bounced it in the left-handed batter's box. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it was like my it was like my shoulder was like now all of a sudden like a turtle like putting its head into his shell. Like all of a sudden I didn't throw forever, and my shoulder just retracted in there. And I called my guy, my body guy that kind of worked on me throughout my career, and I said I, I need help. I need to fix this. I, I want to be able to play catch with my kids when I'm older. I want to be able to play in an over 40 league if I feel like it. So he started working on it. And ever since then, he worked diligently for months on my arm and my shoulder and everything. He's like, think about it, Ryan. He's like, you essentially were in a car crash and you got to try and write that, you know, that 
that shoulder and get it back to where it's supposed to be. And ever since then, I've been able to throw anytime I want all the time and it doesn't hurt. And I just, I marvel at uh, how incredible it feels. Now, you know, the rest of my body feels like I'm, I'm 60, but uh, you know, the, the arm feels good. So at least I got that going for me. So if you need anybody to flip you in some BP pitches, I'm ready. Oh my gosh. I could swing and miss it. All of them. It'd be fantastic. Um, I love the stuff that you're doing with MLB network and marquee sports network in Chicago. How are you enjoying that? And, and how's the transition been from, you know, playing so many years and now, you know, still being part of the game, but not at the same level. Yeah, it's great. Hey, like getting to uh, right out of retirement to get it to MLB network and get a chance to be a part of an amazing, uh, you know, kind of team there really, you know, from producers and editors and, and, uh, and then obviously the, the hosts and the talent that's up there talking about it for us to be able to sit around and talk baseball. We love doing that anyways. You know, I was a guy who, uh, throughout my career, after a game, we're going to the bar for a few beers. We're talking the game. What happened? You know, um, you know. Hey, did you see this? I sit in my room, hotel room at night, and watch baseball highlights. I just love the game of baseball. So to be able to continue to talk it, um, walk fans out there through what might have happened in that particular game, whether it's mechanical or you know a play that might have happened, has, has been a thrill for me. And and to be able to do that, and now coming to Chicago, back to Chicago, with the new Marquee Sports Network, and doing the same thing as well as calling games, and then doing off the mound, which is, uh, you know, a lot like this, just talking to guys about their careers, um, moments in their careers, moments in life, things that they're doing, um, how they stay sane through 162 games and, and pandemics and all these kind of things. So, um, you know, I, I've watched a lot of guys get done playing and they don't know what to do. And I'm fortunate, lucky, and thankful that I get to continue to, to talk baseball because I just absolutely love it. Uh, well, we're glad to have you on with us today. And I also know you, you've kind of dipped your toe more than your toe. You, you're doing some stand-up, man. That's got to be – I thought standing on the mound and trying to get out professional hitters was tough. Yeah, I was, I was going to say when you, when you said it must be and then you kind of paused for a sec, I, I always thought you were going to say frightening, and I was going to 100% agree with you. <laughs> um, stand-up comedy is – it seems so simple, right? It's six to eight minutes up there usually most nights unless you're a headliner, and I'm far from that so far. But um, – your job is to make people laugh. And that's something I loved as a kid. It's something me and my dad really bonded over. He was showing me stand-up specials. I mean, I watched Delirious, I think, for my seventh grade birthday party. And um, it's it just, I just always have appreciated it. And so I started taking improv classes. I started writing some stand-up material. And um, I've had a chance to do it in Chicago and New Jersey and New York, all, you know, Gotham Comedy Club. I remember doing a set in Gotham um, uh, in January and I, I walked off the, the stage and Jim Gaffigan standing right there and he was just like, Hey, good set. And I'm like, Oh, good luck. You're going to do just fine. Like what an honor to be able to, if that's the extent of my stand-up com- comedian career that I got to go on stage right before Jim Gaffigan, I'll take that and hang my hat on it. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I always wanted to know this when you were in the middle of your windup, you had this like little twitch with, with your glove. Was that something, was that just an idiosyncrasy that you did or, or as a kid or how'd you develop that? Yeah. The, the glove thing was started. Um, I was throwing a bullpen. So coming out of Tommy John surgery and I had Tommy John surgery in 2003 and then in 2004 in spring training, I was throwing and, uh, and I was trying to figure out a changeup. I struggled my whole entire career with a changeup. Um, and Fergie Jenkins, I was on the backfield and he's like, what if you held it like this, kind of just split your fingers and moved your thumbs up, you know, on the ball like this. And I said, all right. And I threw one in the backfield and Larry Rothschild was our pitching coach. He goes, what was that? I go, I don't know. It's lit. I just learned. And he goes, throw it again. And it did the same thing. And he's like, all right. 
we got a third pitch. There it is. And so it just kind of evolved. Well, when that year, um, you know, thrown out of the bullpen and, and the next year thrown out of the bullpen, I was out of the stretch all the time. And so now all of a sudden, as I, as I went back to the starting rotation going into t- 2008, I was thrown at the, at the complex in the off season and Tyler Colvin was standing in and he's like, Hey, I can see when you're leaving uh, from your split grip to your other, other grips, your wrist moves. And I was like, really? And then I asked a couple of other guys, they're like, yeah, we can totally see it. So I just went home that day, Kevin Millar, a colleague at MLB network, host of intentional talk, my former teammate, one of my best friends, he's like, why don't you just wiggle your glove a little bit and, and kind of just change your grip then. So I proceeded to do that. And then next thing I know, um, I started wiggling a lot and then it just became a, you know, a timing thing. I would have hitters say that messes with me. It wasn't the intent. It was more to protect myself. And um, it turned out to be something that, uh, you know, kind of became identifiable by a lot of people. And I'd never forget this. I was walking home from the field with my kid and, a, and my son in a, uh, in a wagon at Wrigley and I'm walking by the Dairy Queen and there's a baseball field right there at this elementary school. And this kid's going, I'm Ryan Dempster and he's flicking his glove. And I like, see that son, that's me right there, there. It was so cool to see a leather little kid doing something that, you know, I developed later on in life. But, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a a very, very good thing that helped me in the second half of my career for sure. Yeah, right on. That is – it's amazing how some of these things come uh, to us out of – some of them are just by happenstance and some out of out of necessity. But to see another kid emulate you, that's really a cool thing. Right? Give us a couple of uh, Bush Stadium stories if you can. Anything stick out in your mind? I mean, some great battles over the year, Cardinal Cubs, man. Yeah, it really did. I mean, so many, so many special moments. You're playing against really good teams, you know, world championship teams in 06, 2011, teams that I competed against, um, you know, uh, you, you always felt like when I was closing, I'll never forget this. I learned this later on, you know, people talk about Tony LaRusso and obviously a hall of fame manager. And, um, he, he was the, he revolutionized, I, I feel like, uh, the, the use of the bullpen and not just, not just how he would use his bullpen, but how he would manipulate other teams, bullpens, you know, whether that's sending up a pinch hitter to bring somebody in and then, you know, he got that pitcher out of the game and, but he would always do this thing and it, and it drove me nuts. And I didn't learn it until, you know, probably about midway through uh, my second season closing was if it was the top of the ninth inning and we were hitting and then we were winning and I was going to go in for the save he would change pitchers all the time. He would, he would have a pitcher pitch against one hitter and then he would go out and he would have a pitcher pitch against another guy. And then he would change pitcher three times in one inning and it, the guy would go get an out and I'd be like, what? He wanted me as the closer to throw more pitches in the bullpen so that I was tired when I came into the game. And I just thought it was so brilliant. I'm like, you little son of a gun, you know, <laughs> I think right. I used other words at that time, but I was like, he's, he's playing a game of chess right now. So I had to learn how to, pace myself at Bush stadium um, and, and do that. But, you know, moments like that, just the competition. That's what I, I always felt like I was facing Albert Pujols with the game on the line and the big innings. I always felt like um, there was this immense amount of competition. It was Cubs Cardinals. It was always this rivalry. And, uh, and I, and I loved it from the beginning. You know, I remember playing against the, the, the Cardinals when I was at the Florida Marlins in 1998 and Mark Kotze was playing center field and he makes this unbelievable catch out in center field diving and he comes in, and this is that old Bush Stadium, and the entire uh, stands and all the people in the, in the stands above our dugout give him a standing ovation. Here we are. Maybe they felt bad for us because we were the 98 Marlins. We lost <laughs> over 100 games. But he, 
here's a guy for the other team making a great baseball play. And I just remember looking around going, whoa, they know they love their baseball here. They, they know it. Um, and then I proceeded the next day to give a ball up to Mark McGuire that landed somewhere in the vicinity of the casino across the river. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was just a ton of fun to compete there. You know, I, I really have endless memories and guys like Jerry Rich and the, in the visiting clubhouse that took care of us. And it's just a special, special place to go. And the new ballpark's beautiful. And they, they kept a lot of the nostalgia of the old ballpark in there. And, you know, it's, it's, a it's, it's a great place to go to a baseball game. All right, that's going to wrap up the front nine, but don't go anywhere. we got more of Ryan Dempster. He's going to tell some stories about Bush Stadium and the Cardinals and what it was like as an opposing player to come in and pitch here. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, this is my buddy Joe Sheezer, and he's with USA Mortgage. Good morning, Jay. How you doing today? Great, Joe. Thanks Good. so much for the support. Oh, we really enjoy it. Thank you. We look forward to the show every Sunday morning. We love all the information and all the great tips, and we all sit around the uh, radio on in the morning. <laughs> I'd love to listen to your it's show. Like the good old days, yeah. Isn't it? I get the wife and the kids and the dog, and we wait for <laughs> Whack and Chase to come on. It's our favorite part of the show. Which one are you? Are you Whack or Chase? Oh no, I'm Whack because whack? I'll hit it, and then because Pearlie's also a caddy, he's got to go chase it. Which he's, he's the chaser. He's, yeah, he's got the worst end of the stick there. <laughs> well, we really enjoy it, and thank you so much for having us on the show. You're great. Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. Have you met your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach? He proudly serves families and businesses in the St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and the entire metropolitan area, and is ready to review your existing policies to provide a no-obligation quote today. Call Ed Fogelbach at the Fogelbach Agency, 314-398-0101, or stop in today and get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314 314- Three nine eight zero one zero one. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tee to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, The Ultimate Virtual Golfing Experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge your buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentee.com to learn more. I want to tell you about a strength training fitness program that helped me and that can help you. It's called 20 Minutes to Fitness. They have two locations, one in Clayton and one in Chesterfield. Every time you go to the gym with 20 Minutes to Fitness, you work with a professional trainer. They take you through specific machines and with specific exercises that are designed to help your golf game. We're talking about strength, flexibility, and those two components are huge to help you improve your game. Visit 20MinutesToFitness.com. Your first session is absolutely free. Get off the couch and get in shape. Hey, this is Meet, and if you're not aware, the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown St. Louis has two customized Top Golf Swing Suites. That's right. They've got two of them. You can call them right now, book your tee time on the Top Golf Simulator, and play one of the world's top-ranked courses. Call them now, 314-881-2023. Call and ask for Laura Castingway. That's 314 881 
800-242-2023. Wilson Pools Plus has been beautifying homes in the metro St. Louis area for over 30 years. They're a family-owned, full-service pool company. Whether you want to add a pool, landscaping, patios, or just have them service your existing pools, Wilson Pools Plus can handle any job. You can reach them at 314-421-1301, or if you're calling from the east side, 618-632-2386. You can also check them out on the web at wilsonpoolsplus.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me from sunny Arizona. And we're headed to the Back Nine that is brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. Ed Fogelbach and his family run this agency, and they do a great job with any sort of insurance product that you need. Anything. Call them at 314 398 0101. Pearl, we got to jump right back in to the uh, second half of the Ryan Dempster interview. Up in the air, Pukadome in right. Cubs win. Back to back shutouts to start this series as Ryan Dempster gets his 100th career win, number 50 as a Cub. Ryan Dempster is brought to you by Golden Tee. I've heard that a lot of the big league pitchers um, do get to play a lot during the season. Tell us a little bit about how you started playing golf and um, and what it was like. Yeah, so I, I started playing golf in high school, but like purely average. Now, I wasn't like getting lessons or anything like that. I would go out with my buddies, and I, and I loved it. It was great. It was a great way to go out, be outside um, the golf course that I grew up at Roberts in Roberts Creek uh, Golf and Country Club. My dad's a member there. If you've never been there, which I'm sure you haven't, it's this amazing, beautiful course that if you were to just take the hole in course, pick it up and move it to Carmel, it would be spyglass. You know, it's a lot similar. You're in the woods. It's beautiful. You got ocean views. You got all these kind of things. And so I just loved it. Then I got to playing in baseball and kind of just as my junior and senior year, I kind of got away from a little bit. And then my off season came and I'm like, whoa, all my buddies got jobs and they go to school. This is weird where are you guys at? So then I just started picking it up again and I started playing Vancouver a little bit. Um, and then I started playing a little bit when I was with the Marlins, not a lot. I was pretty engulfed in baseball and, you know, being a young guy, not a lot of guys on our team played. We had a bunch of young guys. And then spring training of 2004. Um, my dad has always said this, you don't play golf, you get golf. It's some sort of disease that takes over your body and you can never get rid of it. And, uh, and I'm glad I have it. Um, I, I was sitting in my locker, uh, in spring training one morning and Greg Maddox walks over and he says, you play golf, right? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to tell you every single day what our tea time is and where we're playing and I'll see you there. And it was like, it was standard. He'd walk in in the morning at six thirties, like Mesa country club, 1045 Phoenix country club, 11 o'clock the next day. And it was day after day after day of playing golf. We ended up playing roughly about, I think it was 32 straight days of golf. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. But I'll never forget it because we're playing at Phoenix Country Club, and I start to collapse. I start to melt down. I'm getting the shanks, you know, and I hit a par three. I hit the ball in the water, and immediately my club followed into the water. I was like, what is going on? I'm done. And Greg turned to me, and he looked at me and goes, well, man, hey, golf's not for everybody, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I, just, 
I went to the clubhouse and went in, but I picked it back up a couple of days later, and I played a ton of rounds with him over the years and, and a lot of my teammates. And it's a great way, you know, when you when you only work once every five days, um, it's a great way to uh, you know to work through some of the mental sides of the game, and it's a lot similar to a starting pitcher, you know, only. You know, we're looking to throw, you know, 85 pitches in a game instead of the golfers trying to do, you know, somewhere around 65. So um, it's the one shot, at, one shot at a time, one pitch at a time approach. And I, I've been so lucky, so lucky, Jay, to play so many great courses around around the country and around the world. And um, I just, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope I'm playing it for a long, long time. Oh man, I, I feel the same way. So Ryan, let's talk a little bit about the mental side because I love that that part of it. You know, when I was trying to play, I was trying to clear my head and, and and get into the processes. And Chris Carpenter talked a little bit about that when I had him on the show. God, he is just a stud. Talk a little bit about how important it is uh, mentally to throw the pitch that you want and not get tied up into the results and things like that. Yeah, it was, for, it, it, it was so important for me. If you look at my career in the second half of my career, um, pre Maddox, post Maddox, uh, it, they're different. It's a, like, you know, I think pre playing with coming to Chicago and playing with Greg, my ERA, my career is like four and a half, maybe even a little higher. Um, and then my time in the Cubs, it was, you know, around three and a half, um, a little over three and a half. And, and a lot of that was him, the approach of controlling what you can control and, and not letting a pass past anything affect uh, present performance and you can't control the future unless you're covering first base or you're fielding your position. Once you throw that pitch, it's out of your hands. And it's the hardest thing to do because emotionally we get charged up. I'm a very emotional guy. I wear my emotions on my sleeve, um, battle at times with, you know, attention deficit, just, um, focusing, you know, there was times early on in my career, I'd be out on the mound getting ready to throw a pitch. And I'd be like, did I put the trash out today? Oh, is, it, is it trash day? Yeah, those are real, those are, Jay, I'm not kidding. That's a real conversation I have with myself on the mound. Well, how can I be successful when I do that? And I, and the truth is you can't. So um, I, I think being around somebody who really, really exemplifies this pitch and that's all that you control. You select the pitch you want to throw in your head. I want to throw a fastball. You choose where you want to locate it. And then it comes down to execution. And, you know, Greg was a master at that. Chris Carpenter was a master at that. Um, as good as there was for a, a period of time there, you know, we see it with guys like Adam Wainwright, you know, John Lester, these guys. Um, it, it's it's truly the one thing that's the most important. A hundred mile an hour fastball is great. It, it, will, it will help you get away with mistakes, but it's not going to give you a career. It might give you a job in the big leagues. It's not going to give you a career. The ability to, to um, compartmentalize and realize it's one pitch at a time. And that's all I can control. You can give up three singles in a row and have the bases loaded and that out. And you can still get out of it by executing. And the way you do that is through the mental side. And I, that's why, to me, that in golf is so similar. I can go and be two under through eight holes. And if I start thinking about my score, next thing you know, I triple bogey nine and I'm one over and then I shoot a 40 on the back. I'm like, wow, man, how'd that happen? Because I didn't mentally do what I was supposed to do. I was worried about the wrong things. I'm worried about results. Results take care of themselves through the process. And and, and they might not, they might not, you know, like you could throw a pitch down and away um, right where you want to throw it, where you dreamt of throwing it. And the guy flips his bat over the, it, over there to the down and away and flips it over the first baseman's head. And you didn't get the result you want, but at the, at the end of it all, you, you did, you did get the result you wanted because the result was executing the pitch to where you wanted to throw it. And so 
So as you mature and evolve in your career to understand that really, really helps you. And the sooner you can do that, the sooner you can be very productive at the big league level. Yeah. And you know, Ryan, as an athlete, that's what, that's all we want is to give ourselves that opportunity and then execute. And, you know, sometimes the putts don't go in, sometimes they do, but uh, yeah, sometimes you make a great pitch and a guy, you know, fists one over the shortstop's head, who the hell knows. But um, when, when the similarities are, you know, you could be two under par going into 18 and have this mental lapse and fire one into the bushes and make a triple bogey. It's the same way with, uh, you know, uh, thinking about something in the wrong way and then giving up a home run. Yeah. All of a sudden you're cruising through six. You're winning the game five to one. You're feeling good. Next thing you know, it's five, four. You're out of the game. There's a runner on base and you're relying on some reliever to take care of you. That, that happens a lot. And, and that comes through worrying about the wrong things, right? You start to see the, the finish line when the reality is the finish line is that moment right there. That's all that matters. And, but we, we see, Oh man, I'm only this many outs away from getting through seven or I could have a really good game here, or we're going to win this. If I just, no, 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 no. Slow down. I just got to execute, you know? Um, and, and when you're in those zones, you, you tend to have very few games. I can't even recall games where I felt like I was in that zone and it's like, wow, I gave up you know, six this game through through five innings. No, it usually came down to me worrying about the wrong thing, right? An umpire, you know, all of a sudden Joe West squeezes you on a pitch or Angel Hernandez does what he does and misses a call as usual. And then you let that bother you when the reality is is you can't do anything about that. You just got to reset, take a deep breath, focus, and throw the next pitch and worry about getting the next next guy out. And sometimes you make your pitch and, and they get you, but most of the time, if you make your pitch and you execute like you and you control your mind as to just doing what you do, most of the time you're going to get the results that you want, just like golf. Most of the time, if I'm not in a hurry to hit the golf ball and I just take my time, where am I trying to hit it, practice my swing, what's my, what's my pre-shot routine, go through that and then focus, truly focus through that moment, most of the time you're going to hit a good shot. It's the times where you let other thoughts come into your head that you end up not hitting the shot you want to hit or thinking through what you need to do. And it's, it's the mental game is, is the reason that I, I always tell young kids this, the mental game of baseball, the mental game of any sport is the difference between having a short little stand, a cup of coffee and being able to have the whole carafe to yourself and just have an entire career at it. This is Ryan Dempster. He's a two-time all-star uh, world series champion. He's joining us here at golf with Jay Delsing. Ryan, the last thing I wanted to talk about is, Tiger Woods, I got the, I'm old. I got to play with Jack. I got to play with Arnold. I, and I've got to play with Tiger. And, and there's something about Tiger. And I didn't get to play with Jack and Arnold when they were in their prime. But something about Tiger and his ability to focus. And he never, ever, ever gives up on any situation. I don't care if he's hitting a three-wood for his fourth shot on a par four. He still thinks he can hole it. I have never seen anybody like that. He, if, if it's a 60-footer for par, it's got the same intent uh, uh, focus as a three-footer to win the tournament. Have you seen anybody in, in baseball like that? Can you can you draw any analogies? Yeah, I mean, probably, you know, I would look at a guy like a, if I'm facing, say, for me, a guy that I face, I would probably say Albert Pujols. Um, just the intensity. I, I've said that a lot of times about Albert is that it doesn't matter if the game is tied in the bottom of the ninth or the Cardinals or, or, or Angels, but at the time the Cardinals were losing by 10 in the seventh. He was never going to give an at-bat away. He was never just going to be like, ah, oh, well, you know, we're down 10. 
you know, let me just try and jump on this first pitch. He had a plan and he was focused and he grinded out to stick with that plan. And the, and, and I, you know, play with Mark DeRosa and Mark DeRosa had a short stint there in St. Louis. And he said the same thing. He's like, Dempy, this guy is never a pitch off. He is on all the time. And, and it's, and I like those comparisons, the focus, the intensity, you know, you saw it with Tiger when he won the masters, you know, last year and that, that, all the way to the 18th. It could be so easy with all of those fans and realizing that, you know, here I am and I'm going to win this Masters to just smile a little bit or wave to the crowd. No, same continued focus. And Albert was like that. It was, that's why, you know, he had, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best right-handed hitters ever and, and probably the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. And, and, uh, and because of that, you know, intensity and that determination to, to beat you on every single pitch is the reason why he had the career he had. It's, it's, it's special because it doesn't come along very often. Yeah, that is really great stuff. I really appreciate you joining me today. Ryan, tell everybody, uh, I, as we mentioned before, you're doing some uh, analysis work for MLB Network and Marquee Sports Network in Chicago. Tell us a little bit about or tell the, uh, the folks how they can listen to some of the other stuff that you, you've had some great guests, Mark Pryor and I think CeCe Sabathia, some other great pitchers on uh, on your segments how can we find that yes yeah, so um you know we we do off the mound every friday night uh you know you can check your local cable provider it, it's on you know direct tvs and at&t's and all that it's uh it's called off the mound it's a 30-minute show we do every friday evening um and then uh we also um have those available if you go to off the mound.com you can check us out at off the mound on twitter uh, my Instagram at Dempster4646, as well as at Off the Mound on Twitter, uh, sorry, on Instagram. And, and basically, it's just, it's this, Jay, what we're doing right here. It's trying to sit down and relive a few stories, talk about what made the players great, you know, what they're maybe doing the offseason, uh, moments that were special to them. And because at the, at the end of it all, when it's all said and done, you know, that, those are the moments we remember, the, the, the things like that that are very, very special. And so if we can give people a little bit of insight to, to who they are and not just what they did, um, then I feel like that's important because if somebody went through it for a long time, um, that's what made me laugh. The bus rides, the hotel rooms, the, you know, the, the laughing, the card games, those are, those are the stories that we try to share, and, and as well as great moments on the field. So check us out at offthemound.com. Off you can see all the past episodes we've done over the last, you know, the last year or so, and, uh, and we do live shows that once we get back to a point in this world where we have, you know, some – some theaters we can get into. We do live shows for charity that, that help give back and, and donate money and, um, and, and just all, all the meanwhile having fun, laughing, and, uh, and, and doing it for a great cause. So I, I truly appreciate you having me on today. This is really, really special. Okay, John. I'll do, I, I had so much fun with this guy. He is so – it was great to get a perspective of his. He loves the game of golf. His great Matt, Maddox story was fantastic. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, first of all, love the Canadian just attitude and, uh, and disposition. You and I have talked many times about how easy kind of the Canadians and the Aussies are to, uh, to get along with. Um, several favorite things. Uh, the, as you said with Greg uh, Maddox, the amount of golf they played, but I love the lessons that he learned from Maddox, what it really is, that next level, what it is to be uh, kind of a, a big-time player, not just up for, what do they call it, a cup of coffee, a short time, and, you know, to learn some of those finer points. I relate that to business. You and I can relate that to golf. And if you don't know those finer points, the idiosyncrasies, you're not going to last long in whatever your endeavor is if you're trying to be in the upper echelon. 
And Pearl, how many times, first of all, do you think this dude has enough passion for life? <laughs> really? I mean, just spectacular. And how many times have we noted with some of the guests that we've had on our show, how they run into someone like a Greg Maddox who takes them kind of under their wing and shows them the ropes, gives them some of the things to help uh, make their career a little fuller, a little more complete. I loved the fact uh, that Ryan Dempster mentioned what great sports fans, the the sport fan in St. Louis is. It, it's, he, I knew you were going to bring that up. I here, knew here's the you deal. were going to bring that up. He didn't, he didn't have to say anything. I told him, I said, Ryan, just give us an authentic story, you know, about about what it was like coming in in here to uh, to pitch against the Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, he was real, and, and he was terrific. You could tell with the answer he was sincere about that. It is a special place. Uh, you've uh, been gracious enough to get me out to the park a couple different times. There's just something special about it. It, it, it just holds that, that culture within it that, uh, that's, that's fun to be a part of. It sure is. Well, that's going to wrap up the back nine. But uh, come back for the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. We've got an episode of Whack and Chase. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, everybody. It's Vince Gill. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, this is Jay Delsing. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, you've got to call my buddy Colin Burnt over at the Dean Team of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. I have a 16-year-old daughter. We bought her a car last year, and these guys have taken great care of us. We bought a used Volkswagen. We just added service last week, and things are going great. If you need any kind of vehicle, call Colin at 314 314- Nine six six zero three zero three, and I just got a text from Colin that said if you mention the Golf with Jay Delsing show, he'll take an additional five hundred dollars off of any purchase. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In Kansas City, contact Nick Turner at Consumer Service Company. The phone number is 913-541-0438. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. When you join out at Whitmore, there's 90 holes of golf. Uh, you get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardenne, and the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, large pool complex, tennis. Man, they've just got great family-oriented stuff. And if you get over there, you got to go in the golf shop, and you have to say hello to my friend Bummer. Bummer is just a delightful guy that would love to help you and your family with your golf game. He and his staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments. Couples events are available all year long. If your family is looking for a place where you can hang out, have fun, enjoy good food, Golf, sports, just a family-friendly atmosphere. you got to go to Whitmore Country Club. You can reach them at 636-926-9622.
Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. When things come out of left field, having a game plan makes all the difference. Luckily, Farmers Insurance has been helping people cover their bases for more than 90 years, and they can help you too. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach today to see if you have the coverage you want for whatever curveballs may come your way. Call 314-398-0101. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and we are headed to the Michelob Ultra 19th hole, and we have an episode of Whack and Chase. When it comes to your golf game, do you need help from the experts? We're still looking for those experts, but until then, John and Jay will have to do. It's time for Whack and Chase on Golf with Jay Delsing. John, Jay, you guys are solving all the all the problems in the world. Whoever's got a problem, you guys have an answer. Today, it's Matt. He's on the line now for Whack and Chase. Hey, Matt, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for having me. Where are you calling from today, Matt? Uh, calling from Redondo Beach, California. Get a pin out, meet. Get a pin out, Redondo Beach. We're running out of pins. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not running out of states, so get some more damn pins. Wow, that's awesome, Matt. Thanks for uh, for calling us. We want to try to help you with your golf game tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so I've taken some lessons and have had a really hard time with, well, obviously a lot of areas, but one area in particular is, Whenever I take my swing back, dropping it into the slot, if you will, to where I can make good contact from there uh, without just shooting the ball out to the right. So uh, the whole thing feels awkward. I didn't grow up playing, but I'm wondering if you guys have any drills or any tips um, at the back of the swing to start to get that down into the slot um, and hopefully improve the swing. Is this, Matt, is this an all-the-time all thing that you're struggling with this, or does this occur under certain circumstances? Well, I think what generally happens is I'll start shooting them off to the right, and it's just so uncomfortable that I then go back to my, my old swing, which is, you know, the over-the-top, probably typical amateur swing. And so I would say I just make that adjustment after a few holes of hitting it off to the right, so... Okay, I don't so, know if there's any drills or anything that would help with that. But. There absolutely is, and, and Jay's going to help you 100%. But you've talked a little bit. How long have you been playing? What do you shoot? Give us a little bit of history and background about your golf world. So I'm 37 now. I started playing uh, about six or seven years ago Awesome. Now. Yeah, awesome. Really Another good. one of these guys, Jay. Another young, young stud. And he started late in uh, in life relative to uh, a lot of golfers. So that's awesome. Yeah, so I, I've played about seven years or so and, you know, started off shooting 
high 90s to, you know, probably 95 to 105, kind of in that range consistently. Um, joined a club out in the South Bay and took some lessons there and got me down into low 90s, mid 90s, kind of the worst case scenario. No, wait and a second, then, wait uh, a second, Matt, wait a second. How much did you pay for these lessons? So, I mean, bottom line is they save you two or three shots. What's the total you spent on these lessons to save two or three spots? Uh, I mean, without looking it up, obviously over $2,000. My, my wife is upstairs putting the, the baby down, so I can probably talk freely. So I'd say probably closer to five. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, so I love That's that. That's what okay. we do. That's so, what we do. So now we got the truth meter out. You're free to speak. So how about equipment? Are you one of these guys trying to buy a better game too, or is it just the lessons? Yeah, well, <laughs> I've tried. So, you know, I've got the Scotty Cameron putter. So oh, yeah, he's bought it. Um, yeah, I've got the M1 driver. So, you know, I, I put some money into the to the bag. I got the travel bag for the two times I actually travel and play a year. So I, <laughs> I definitely spent way too much money on this game. But, you know, when you're, when you're someone like me who's been playing seven years and you go into these um, member guests or these tournaments at the club, you know, you don't want to be at the very bottom of the list. No, right. Yeah. I I feel like I'm one of the few guys who actually sandbag in the opposite way. And when I started golfing, I wouldn't post my high scores. I was only posting my low scores. Oh yeah, baby! If, if you're gonna, if you're going to compete, make sure you do it the opposite way on there. So you're oh, competing. Oh yeah, that's a that's a doggy dog world out there in the handicap world. No. So Matt, what do you try to do? Um, so you you said you kind of get pissed or frustrated and so you kind of revert back to an older swing where you feel like you feel like you're coming more over the top of it exactly yeah is that throughout the bag matt are you feeling that with the driver and with a wedge you're kind of feeling it throughout i feel it with everything anytime i go back and then i try to bring bring it down so what are you trying to do what do you do when you're out there by yourself trying to fix that what's your move what do you try to do I'm trying, you know, I'll bring the club face down, but then when I come through, I don't know if my, I, I don't know if my hips are just leading too soon or what, but I end up hitting with an open club face. Right. And that's what's shooting it out. Right. So your hips are, are meant to lead the down. So let's just take it. Let's start from the very beginning, but so well, did you play any, uh, any baseball or did you, um, cause I know you didn't play golf as a young man, but did you do any, uh, hockey, what what other sports did you play? I mean, my swing was probably a baseball swing from you okay. know, childhood, little perfect. league and all that. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping because I come from a baseball background. So, Matt, what we want you to do with your lower body, with the exception of step, and I'm assuming you're a right-handed golfer, with the exception of stepping forward into the pitch like you would have um, on a baseball swing, I want your lower body to be exactly like you smashing a, a ball over the left field fence. I want your hips to lead. I want them to clear. And what and and the sequencing, Matt, is your lower body, and then it's your. Uh, arms, and then it's your hands, and then it's the club head. It all comes down in, the, in those sort of sequences. But what you've got um, where you're not connecting the dots is the club face itself 
coming into the ball is staying open like your door is staying open. It, it is not closing. But, Jay, is so, that because of his sequence, or is that because of something else? I, I'm not sure without seeing him. But, but your guess is sequence. My, my guess is that it, it's, it's more the sequence. And so what happens is when your hands get down there, you feel like they're late, um, but with the club being so open, Matt, if if you let your hands be soft and let the feel like the your right hand almost rolled over your left, which is not a typical sort of fix, I'm wondering, John, if that doesn't just get him squared okay, up. Okay, we got to stop for a second because he spent five thousand dollars on lessons in southern right. Southern uh, uh, California. So, Matt, just consolidate that five thousand dollars worth of lessons into. What were the what was the main thing they were trying to get you to do to quote drop it in the slot? At the bottom line was at the back they had me, you know, just drop the club head essentially. But then from there finishing the swing is what has just I, I haven't been able to figure it out. Well you know what? So the bottom line is you needed another five or ten grand. And and you could have gotten to that you could have gotten to that finish, but here you are on golf with Jay Delsing, and for no money whatsoever, other, ever, ever, whatever, you're going to get the answer at no cost to you, and here it comes. So Matt, what I, what I'm going to suggest is um, start off with some small swings. Okay, so let's take an eight iron out. Put the ball in the middle of your stance to slightly further back in your stance. And I want you to take the club to waist high. And I want you to go through the ball. And then I want you to finish with the club waist high with you making that that uh, pivot to your left. We want you to start with small swings like that, Matt. And I want you to get the feeling of what that feels like to have that club face come down through the hitting area squarely. Okay. Okay. So you having to drop them suggesting that you drop the club head in is it's such a hit or miss sort of fix. It 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 might spent five grand, Jay. He spent five grand. Don't don't bum him out too much about this. Keep this keep this in perspective. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to make these shorter swings and then I want you to slowly then I want you to make um shoulder length swings. I don't want you to try to hit this ball hard yet. I want you to feel what it feels like to have your hips clear, your hands come through, and the club face needs to come through. So, Matt, when you were hitting a baseball and you were fooled on a pitch and you're out of position and you hit it off the fist and you hit it out the right field, that's what I envision you swinging like with your golf club and what i want you to feel like you're swinging is the head gets a little more momentum it swings down and closes at the bottom and you pull that ball over the shortstop's head i love what you're saying jake because you know what's okay. going to happen don't you he's going to start oh, smashing you're going to smash you're going to look at you're going to hit one ball next time you're out and you're going to go how did that happen and how do i do it again exactly yeah so i can't wait matt um this is how we wrap up whack and chase um if we help you uh you know Call your neighbors, call everyone you know, call the paper, tell them how great we are. And if you keep slicing that ball out to the right and you keep having no fun on the golf course, tell them we never met. <laughs> yeah, it'll be our secret. <laughs> hey, thanks so much thanks, for calling. Thanks, Matt. Good, good luck this spring. Good luck. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Pearl. One of the things that I, I it's always fascinated me about the game of golf is – listening to someone's interpretation of how to get the ball hit. 
You know what I mean? So yeah. Matt talks yeah. about dropping into the slot and doing all these. And I and I, I just love it because I can totally, even though I don't think at all like that, I totally understand where he's coming from. Absolutely. You can hear the passion in, uh, in, in Matt's voice. And, and when he was telling the story, we love that we got another call, maybe our first call from California. So that was fun for us. Uh, and I thought you handled it just right, giving him uh, direction. Well, that that's a first too. Uh, so good, we handled something. We did something just right. It's only one take. Uh, well, that's going to wrap up another show. Uh, Pearly, thanks so much for being uh, with us, and uh, Brad Barnes, meet. Thanks for uh, pushing all the right buttons here at the ESPN studios, and we will be back next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis.